0: just go to cars.com it's magical here i chicago three titles in 6 years yes it is cheering for.
1: Welcome to episode 11. Yeah, let's, let's go with episode 11. I'm pretty sure that's the number. Welcome to episode 11. Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, assistant editor and podcast guy and some other things for Second City Hockey. And with me tonight, my two usual partners are both back with me this week. Um, he's back from his one week stint down in Rockford. We've called him back up to the program. Think he's ready to make an impact for us. It is Brandon Kane. Hey, Hey, that's me. It is you. And then our steady contributor all season long. He's always there when we need him in the lineup. It is
0: Shepard Price. Hi, I'm what Andrew Shaw was supposed to be.
1: (laughs) Wow, coming in hot. So it's been a while since we've talked. Uh, We did the trade deadline recap episode last Monday, which was uh, pretty pretty uneventful because I think what the Hawks did is what we all expected them to do and after the games after that, the Hawks kind of kept that downward trend that had been going that way for about two or three weeks. But then all of a sudden, the Hawks have won three in a row, including an absolutely shocking, Brandon, win over the Tampa Bay Lightning that I'm still confused at how that exactly happened, where they scored. It just looked like a textbook game that the Hawks would lose, and then they scored four goals in the third period. And they picked the two other wins since then. And so here we sit with about 16 games left, 17 games left, something like that, remaining in the season. The Hawks are still six points out of a wild card spot. They're running out of time. They don't have uh, – they still got a decent amount of ground to make up. But, uh, Shepard, I'll, I'll start with you. Anything – does anything from this three-game winning streak do anything for you?
0: Uh, I think it proves that Corey Crawford has regained 20 20- – like thirteen to twenty eighteen form. Um yeah. he's playing what like he's, he's playing like the best goaltender in hockey right now. Um and I, I love it because I love Corey Crawford and I love the decisions Stan Bowman made for once. Um they stick with him. Uh and Corey Crawford's earning it. Um besides that, uh moving them out of lottery position, if anything, um, I, if if like their their possession numbers have increased, they look good <laughs> ish. It's just like they're they're not gaining ground. Is the thing they're never gaining ground. They're just stuck at six points back. So they're just gaining ground on their lottery competition. And this is a draft where you want a top ten pick. Um, and I besides that besides moving out of lottery territory. I don't know what the Blackhawks have going for them in this run. I think the only team they've passed
1: with this three-game winning streak is the Buffalo Sabres, right? Because everyone
0: I else want... – I, I, it... still, I still don't want to pass any teams, though.
1: Well, fair. Understood. I mean, the Hawks have 68 points in 66 games. The Sabres are at 66 points in 66 games. And so, like, there's, there's still time for the Hawks to fall back behind them, I guess. But, you know, I remember looking at this a while ago. Like, there was a – the Hawks were in a noticeable kind of wasteland between the absolute worst teams in the league and then everybody else that was still in playoff contention. Like, I mean, just in the Central Division alone, Minnesota's still ahead of them by four, or excuse me, it's Nashville ahead of them by four points. And then if you look around the rest of the Western Conference, it's, you know, San Jose's down at 62. Hawks probably can't get below them. And then Anaheim at 60 and LA at 56. And then over in the Eastern Conference, I mean, New Jersey's at 64, so I guess maybe if the Hawks really were terrible, they'd fall behind them. But, you know, you're not going to get under the Red Wings, who are at 35 points right now. And their goal differential, where are we at? Minus 121. (laughs) Woo! Go Detroit. And then the uh, Ottawa Senators are at 58 points, probably won't fall behind them. So I feel like the Hawks are probably going to be in that 7-8 spot unless something crazy happens over the last month of the season, which can't entirely rule out. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But uh, Brandon Kane, what about you? Anything, anything you've noticed from the last three weeks – or excuse me, last three games that's uh, stood out to you or done anything for the way you feel about this team for the last month? I
2: think one thing that has really jumped out on both ends is defensemen are – clearing screens out so Crawford can see the puck easier. And also, especially in the Anaheim game, their chances are coming more in the slot area, it seems. Um, I think the there's either been goals on deflections or there's been passes through the slot that have resulted in goals. So it's kind of encouraging to see that they're like, well – You know, we're facing a bad team. Let's just crash the net and expose their AHL defense.
1: Right, right. And speaking of the Ducks, they just beat Colorado in overtime, which was unexpected to say the least, especially with the way Anaheim looked while playing against the Hawks and then having to fly to Colorado and play there tonight. But
2: I am. The Ducks flew to Colorado?
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, they did, Brandon. Good. And boy, are they tired. So yeah, so you know, hockey's weird. Things like that happen, but it, I guess it was refreshing to see the Hawks soundly beat a team like Anaheim that they're quote unquote supposed to beat. Like go down the roster, Anaheim's garbage. They, they're, they're garbage at full strength, and they have a ton of guys hurt. So,
2: well, Ricard he, and Raquel can't score. Well, so that's not good.
1: He just he just scored the game winner in overtime. So clearly, he heard you and went back. <laughs> There's a guy in the crowd of this game wearing a Hawks jersey. Good for him. Or <laughs> interviewing <laughs> <laughs> Raquel and just a guy over his shoulder wearing the 20, uh, two, 2010 Winter Classic jersey. Just very odd very odd product placement. But anyway, Blackhawk stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was encouraged. I think the most surprising thing was the game that they beat Tampa. Like, I'm st- I am I mentioned that at the beginning. I still don't know how they did that. Like, I know Tampa had a few guys out. <laughs> uh, Stamkos didn't play, but – where the hell was that team at?
0: Yeah, where's this but this team been all season? If they can put together a string like this, where why why haven't they done that before?
1: Yeah, yeah. Where's that team been whenever they needed them to win in a big game like they when they went through Western Canada and laid the biggest of eggs that they've laid all season long?
2: Maybe they're just procrastinators like we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I yeah, we'll put it off. We'll put it off. Oh crap, we gotta do it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, their their deadline's uh, hitting pretty quick, so they better get their asses moving if they're going to uh, make the playoffs. And I, our optimism about that's pretty low. I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement there. But, yeah, we're
2: not the ones voting on the NBC uh, Sports Chicago preseason polls. Yeah. Yeah, pre game polls.
1: Well, they started at like 60% thought they were going to make the playoffs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the optimism. I, I, I think if you're not <laughs> – if you haven't at least entertained the notion of the Blackhawks winning tw- – 12 of their final 16 games or 13 and uh, making the playoffs. Like, if you have at least thought about what that's like, I don't even know why you bother watching sports. Cause at some point you have to just kind of hope that something stupid and ridiculous will happen. But as far as the, the probability of that happening, I've got it pretty low at this point. I think money puck had him at like 10% to make the playoffs. And I feel like that might be overselling it. But so over these last three games where the Hawks have been winning Shepard, is there any, other than Corey Crawford, who we could talk about Corey Crawford for the next hour and a half, and it'd probably be a great podcast, but is there anybody else that stood out to you or has been a noticeable player in these last few games here?
0: So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off here by saying that I was, I'm was i going to claim victory and claim credit uh, where it's due. Okay. Uh, I think one of the most notable players has been a notable notable absence, and that's the lack of Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Brandon said, the defense is suddenly playing like an actual defense, and uh, clearing out the guy who was playing 25 minutes and is not a defenseman probably helped with that. Uh, getting rid of the guy Jeremy Calliton kept playing for no reason, and uh, actual power play, especially uh, against both St. Louis, but then also Tampa Bay. Um, having an actual power play again
1: was nice. Yeah. Uh,
0: it, it was nice to see them uh, come to life suddenly, score four goals in two games. Um besides that, uh, the rookies are standing out. Kirby Doc, Adam Boquist, and uh, Dominique Kubelik especially. Again that, again, that Tampa Bay game does not happen without without Dominique. I'm just I'm just gonna shoot the puck and do what Alex Debrincat should have been doing all, all season, uh Kubulick. Um Dominic like those three guys are all looking really good. Uh, Adam Boquist is playing defense. Uh he played great defense against anaheim yeah he Um, broke up somebody had
1: a, I think it was dalton heinen had a breakaway and he broke it up and then i think the hawks scored on the immediate counterattack.
0: yeah and then he also he he had two assists in that game as well as again defensive plays he's starting to look like oh the blackhawks got something there um which is what and and they've seen that from doc all season and they've seen that from one goal away from 30 dominique week um all these guys are excellent that they found. Um, I think the rookies are part of the push, a, a, a big, strong part of the push. And, again, Dylan Strome finally scoring for the first time since January 5th doesn't hurt. Um, and you're getting contributions up and down the lineup, really. Drake Kajula's scoring, and everybody's sort of going now, and that's nice. Yeah.
1: And, and while we're on the topic of rookies, I, I want to swing this question to Brandon because I know he watched him a lot in Rockford and it was a guy I think we discussed a little bit on here, but I I haven't seen anything from Lucas Carlson that would make me want to take him out of the lineup. What have you seen from him, Brandon?
2: Yeah, he's, he's just playing his game. He's doing his thing. He's being <laughs> Lucas Carlson. Um, his game is something where it kind of, it fits in the AHL, but it's definitely going to translate better than the NHL where there's some guys where it's just not going to work for them at the NHL level. And his game is weird. Cause it kind of fits both ends a little bit. Um, and his skating and his definitely his passing is just a notch above everyone else on the team. Um, aside from Kane, obviously, but Um, that's been the most notable thing, I think for most people, um, that are seeing him for the first time and yeah, his, his defensive play has been fine, which is a fair compliment, I think for a rookie defenseman. You like, if you're fine, then you're not screwing up, and that's exactly that's what you want.
1: Yeah, striving for fine is, is no problem for a guy making his NHL debut. I think there was – I can't remember which game it was exactly, but he had a little, like, six-foot pass backwards through his skates. I think it was in the offensive zone. Are you remembering this play?
2: Yeah, it might have been against Dallas, his debut.
1: Okay. But I just remember he had a really neat little pass that just kind of – it just opens your eyebrow because whenever a guy does something like that, it just it, it suggests that there is a an offensive IQ that exists inside of that player, which isn't something that every player has. So just just the the awareness and the creativity and the balls to pull it off all in one is a very encouraging sign. And if if, any, if at any point Nick Sealer gets back in the lineup at Lucas Carlson's expense, I
2: there would might be a riot.
1: I, i'll lead it i will i'll i'll lead the pitchfork army towards united center because especially with they they said at some point either bowman or collinson somebody said something about letting the young guys play over this last month like well then let him fucking play don't put Nick <laughs> in the lineup you know like nick sealer's maybe a fine seventh defenseman but we don't You know what Nick Seeler is. He's in his mid-late 20s. He's already bounced around a few franchises. I don't think there's any mystery left with him. There's still some mystery left with Lucas Carlson, and he could be a guy you can count on in upcoming seasons to do more than just be a a, a, a seventh defenseman that's in the press box half the season. So let him play. Let him figure shit out at the NHL level.
2: The one thing with him that I'll be interested to see is if the Blackhawks do indeed miss the playoffs – do they just immediately send him and Highmore to the AHL because they they made them eligible for the playoffs and send them back down? Or do they say, no, Rockford, figure it out yourselves. These guys need whatever it would be, you know, five, six games left in the NHL season, and then they can join at the end. Like, what? where do they draw that line as to, no, it's better for your development to get these five, six games than to help Rockford push into the playoffs. I
1: don't know, Highmore's been at the NHL level more than Carlson has. So I, With Highmore, I think it's more of a debate. I think Carlson is – I'd be shocked if they didn't send Carlson back to the AHL if the Hawks don't make the playoffs. Really? I'm actually
0: feeling the opposite. I, I, really? I think Carlson should stay up at the NHL. Because um, again, like we said, he, he his potential is still what? like un, untapped, undiscovered. Matthew Highmore, we sort of know what he is. Yeah, um, he's older, and he's he's a he's a bottom six energy guy. But he's the his bottom six energy guy. Rockford yeah. probably needs him more than Chicago does if Chicago's not in the playoffs. Well, um, and Chicago needs Carlson because Carlson's playing with Connor Murphy and actually doing good there. And Carl and Connor Murphy again. Like I've been saying all season deserves a nice partner and Carlson's that.
1: Brandon, like, would there be, you probably know the schedule better than me. I get my, I thought was that the Hawks season ends. There's still a few Rockford regular season games left. Isn't there? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um. <laughs> just, just, just talk for a second. I'll Google it.
2: Oh, that's what I was doing. Oh,
1: um, yeah. well, we can just edit this part out later.
0: Where's the stall? Uh, we're gonna stall like a NHL brother.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. the The NHL season ends like the second of April, and the, there
0: are and the NHL so
1: season runs through April 11th. So that that's
2: what I was saying is the Ice Hawks have three games exactly. after the April 4th.
1: All right, so yeah, so after you leave Lucas Carlson at the NHL level until the Hawks season ends, most likely after 82 games, and then yeah. you send him back to the AHL. I wouldn't don't sacrifice. You know, don't send him to the NH or back down before the NHL season ends. Let him get his feet wet at the NHL level and learn his and then hopefully go back to the AHL and tear shit up and lead Rockford to the playoffs and get him some playoff experience, even if it's at the AHL level, playoff experience is good to have it at any level, I think. So So there you go. One what- one other guy I want to talk about really quick, and we were talking about this a little bit before we come on the air, but Kirby Doc's gonna be on the top ten of sports center really soon, isn't he?
0: He's he keeps trying and eventually yeah. he'll eventually he'll succeed, because uh, that's that's the old saying, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just I I appreciate his his desire and willingness to try to try some shit. Like that's that's I think that's a very un underrated thing for rookies coming up at the NHL level. I think sometimes they try and play. Like, there's a line between trying to be too creative and flashy, too Verstegui, if you will, and then (laughs) – but also playing, like, a boring straight-line game that's not really in line with the things that made you the dynamic player that got you drafted number three overall. There's a a medium ground to be pursued there. I think early in the season, Doc was trying to dangle around everyone, and I think he he got – it seemed like he was getting frustrated when all these moves weren't working, and that's when he kind of went in the tank and had, like, a month or two where he had like one to two points and wasn't getting much of anything. And then all of a sudden there's like, his confidence is back now he's trying. And like he said, if he pulls it all together, that spin movie he had against Anaheim was really fun to watch. He's going to, there's going to be some defenseman that's going to be on a highlight reel for Kirby doc. And I keep like comparing it to the Jonathan Taves goal against Colorado in his I think third game of his career. He's going to do that. He's going to pull something off. And then we're we will be ready to have the parade for Kirby Doc coronating him as the next big thing in Chicago.
2: I mean, yeah. he was having those struggles when he was 18, and now he's nineteen. So that's clearly oh yeah, the
1: why. That's he turned nineteen and now he's got it all figured out. That that's all he needed to do.
2: I mean, because when I was nineteen, I basically was just like, yeah, let me just try some shit.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. You want to try and spin through two guys in the neutral zone and then fire a a rush on net while during my NHL career exactly I mean Shepherd. like we were talking about this before we started recording here but is there is there anything else you're seeing out of Doc that's led you lead, that you think is encouraging signs or things that he's doing that is resulting in the success that he's having now that he wasn't a few months ago
0: I so I think he's just improved his gen, his game generally. I think he's better in his own end. He moves the puck better. He's playing with better players. Um, he's he's playing with guys who compliment guys who complement him. He he looks like an NHL player, um, which he didn't look like for a long stretch of this season. Um, in all honesty, he, the, he he'll end this season as again a guy who will be a significant part of the Blackhawks future even if they somehow win the lottery like yeah, Derby I, Doc is a top 6 center moving forward um, if he learns how to take face-offs better which has been a Blackhawks yeah. problem with yeah. all their prospects right.
1: um, and basically every center not named Jonathan Taves for the last decade it's been the problem
2: yeah. <laughs> but Ryan, Dylan I mean, Strom has stepped today. up probably.
1: oh yes yeah okay he, like was, he was wing for the longest time, too.
2: Yeah, and then he was like, bitch, I ain't a wing. And then they moved him to center.
1: What, was that his that didn't happen. Was that to but... Jeremy Colleton? Bitch, I ain't a wing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But he said it like 20 times faster than I just did because Dylan Strom talks extremely fast.
0: Yes, he does. It, it must be my nightmare transcribing him.
2: Yeah, it's not fun. But then when the Rangers were in town, we asked his brother Ryan about it, and he's like, yeah, sometimes we got to be like
0: Dylan. Dude, slow down. <laughs> Dylan Strom is one of the guys who like, listens to podcasts on two times speed and thinks it's normal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. It's a
1: very specific joke, but I appreciate it.
0: It's coming from a guy who listens on 1.5. Uh, but, yeah, it's like Doc is just – he's impressive now. And he's, he's been a takeaway monster of late. That
2: um, makes sense because Boquist is the cookie monster.
0: What, so define that. <laughs> there, yep. was
2: a, there was a video during the summer at, like, Prospect Camp or whatever. And Boquist was like, can I get a cookie afterwards? And they're like, yeah, sure. And he's like, oh, that was the joke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Then yeah, I, yeah, that's that's again, that's even a more specific joke than the one that you made, Shepard. And I uh <laughs> I, I got nothing for that one. So
0: So if Bullquist is the cookie monster, does that mean Kirby Doc is super Grover, because 'Cause I'm fine with that?
2: I don't if you want to make a post that compares right, them we're to gonna, uh, we're
0: gonna, gonna go history,
1: with history. Wh- the uh, which blackhawks or which muppets. Is that where we're gonna go with that
0: I've, I've never watched Street the Muppets, characters. so I have no idea. I, 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 I don't think Sorry. they're Muppets. I think they're Sesame Street characters. You are, I you are correct. I,
1: I apologize for ruining my uh, – I, I, <laughs> I feel like childhood Dave is very disappointed in me right now.
0: <laughs> we got really far off track.
1: Yeah. Wow. This this is impressive. I, I didn't think we could get this far this fast. Well, yeah. i tell you what. Let's, uh, let's take a pause here, try and get this back on the rails. <laughs> and then when we come back, we'll talk about what's coming up for the Blackhawks the rest of the season and – whether or not we think this three-game winning streak is going to go on to 4, 5, 6, or what have you. We'll, uh, we'll come back and talk about that right after this.
0: This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Just go to frito com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void or Here's worth the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito com.
1: Welcome back to another tangent-laden episode of Musings on Madison. here. Uh, I think we were done with our Muppets and Sesame Street character talk. We can get back to Black Hawk hockey for a little bit because, as we mentioned at the top of the show, they've won three in a row, which was largely unexpected because they hadn't managed to win three games in the prior 10. So, it's a little bit of a surprise, but I think we're all in agreement and correct me if I'm wrong here guys, but I think we're all in agreement that we don't think this is probable that the Hawks are going to make the playoffs, right? Probable
0: is not the word, I is the word
1: here. Probable is the effective word. Perhaps um, Brandon, your your thoughts on the probability of the Hawks making the playoffs?
2: There is a mathematical possibility, but I do not believe it.
1: There there you go. I thought you were going to say 69% no or 83% no or something like that. You you just, <sighs> but anyway,
0: yeah. Damn it. Of- <laughs> I mean, 31% they make it is pretty high. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I said, I think money puck had him at like 10% last time I looked, but if you look at the schedule, like there's not a ton of, this is not the most difficult road to travel to get to the playoffs. I mean, the game Thursday night against Edmonton, Edmonton's a pretty good team, and Connor McDavid's going to play that game, which maybe means the Hawks will play better because when he, he's out of the lineup, the Hawks played worse. It's very confusing. But then, I mean, Detroit sucks, as we talked I mean, about at the top of the show. Um, then they play St. Louis, which, yeah, St. Louis. I mean, but then San Jose and Ottawa, neither of those teams are good. Then you get the Capitals, which that'll be a tough game. But, you know, th- there's also there's two games against Minnesota, who's a team they're chasing in the standings, but – I don't think anybody's scared of Minnesota. There's games against Nashville. The Kings are rebuilding Canadians. I don't even know what the Canadians are doing, but they're not making the playoffs. And then I end the year with a New York back-to-back with the Islanders and the Rangers. So it's not the most difficult schedule you're going to see. And they're sitting on 68 points in 66 games. And if you go back to last season, I believe it was 85 points. They got you in the playoffs, in the
0: West. But I mean, it'll it'll likely be higher now because seventy four is. The third it ended
1: wild up card. being ninety. I I I thought it was way lower than that. Hmm. No, yeah, it ended up being ninety. The Hawks ended up at eighty four points last season.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because again, the- both the wild cards are at seventy four right now. Yeah.
1: So, so you've, you got to get to ninety points, which means the Hawks would have to win eleven of those last sixteen games. So it's like you know, if you scroll through those, you pick five losses. That's not, you know, it, it just it doesn't it doesn't seem impossible. So, like Shepard, I guess, just what, what are your thoughts on just the rest of the season and how this is all going to play out? Because I'm not, again, we don't think
0: it's probable, but you know, it's not entirely crazy. to happen, is it? Yeah, no, it's it's not. Nothing is impossible. This certainly isn't. I mean, the next two games will be a test because uh, Edmonton on Thursday. Uh, they're a playoff team. They're playing like a playoff team. They have arguably two of the top five Hart candidates, uh, both on the lineup this time. Um, their top six is suddenly stacked. Uh, they're going to be a test. And then on Friday, we'll see, likely, Malcolm Subad making his first saves in a Chicago Blackhawks jersey. Um, he got into the game against Anaheim but did not make any saves. But it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, if they somehow survive that those two games of like three out of four points or four out of four points, besides w- at Washington, uh, none of those games seem impossible.
1: Yeah, like there's no – like the Washington game notwithstanding, like there's not any game that I'm looking at on this list where I say, oh, there's no way in hell they're going to win that game. I mean, first off, you have 11 of the 14 this month at home. so. Right. That's a huge – should be a huge advantage because it seems like the Hawks do play better at home. I'm not exactly sure what the home and away splits are this year. I haven't dug into that too much. But I, I think the big test is going to be, because of the way the standings shake out right now, I believe there's six points behind the wild with an even number of games played between the two of them. So I think – it feels like what's going to happen is, is something we've talked about a lot this season and a lot last season. By the way, the Hawks are five points behind the wild, not six. But anyway, what I think is going to happen is over the next – Next week and a half to two weeks, you've got six games coming up. Edmonton at Detroit, St. Louis, San Jose, Ottawa, and Washington. If they win I probably gotta win four of those, I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah. Probably gotta win four. So which means you're either gonna have to steal the one against Edmonton or against St. Louis or against Washington. You gotta steal one of those three and then kinda hold court with the other three. You get you get eight points out of the next six games, however you do it. You're setting up for that home and home against the Minnesota Wild. One's on St. Patty's Day, the other one's on the 19th, Tuesday, Thursday, the middle of the week. If they get to those two games, it'll be just like we've talked about for so long, where they get into a situation where they have a game of heightened importance, and then we'll see whether or not they show up for it because they haven't done it once in the last two years.
2: Yeah, that thinking makes sense to me. Um, I don't see them beating St. Louis, and I don't know, are we going to get a a Nisimov revenge game on the 13th or, or what's, what's that going to be? If
1: they get a really Nisimov revenge game, you can just fold up the tent. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll help pack up because we're done. If that happens.
2: I mean, the Blackhawks don't have a Russian player and we've, you know, gone through that. You need a Russian player to win the cup, right? Oh
1: yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's it's a whole new world now.
2: Yeah. So, um, I mean, The back-to-backs this month don't seem like they'll be tough goes as far as, like, the scheduling-wise of it because they play at Buffalo, and then that's an early game on a Saturday, and then they play Nashville on the return, and that's in Chicago. I mean, the one in Washington seems like it will be more challenging, obviously. Um, Yeah, but taking – one of those Edmonton, St. Louis, Washington ones would be what they would need to feel optimistic going into the home and home against Minnesota.
1: Yeah, it would it would just it would make it more interesting for the rest of the season if we have a relevant Husk game to watch in mid March because we haven't had that in a couple of years now. I think the last two seasons they were pretty much out of it by March. I mean I don't want to get anybody's hopes up out there because like I I'm still not even optimistic they're going to get that far to make it interesting, but, you know, you never know. I mean, there's stranger things have happened in the NHL because hockey's weird and weird things happen all the time.
0: Right. We're it's, we've been saying the same thing all season long, cautiously optimistic. And suddenly we're back on the emphasizing optimistic. I think I'm
1: emphasizing the cautiously
0: part now too. I think we've been, I think we've been emphasizing the cautiously since like October, but suddenly the optimistic part is at least it's equal. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that's that's just a symptom. If you win three games in a row, you, it's it's gonna it's gonna have things trending up a little bit. And then then just as much, if you win two out of ten like they did at the end of February, it's gonna result in the opposite direction. So so we'll see. I'm not. I'm at least encouraged that the Hawks have. They haven't completely gone in the tank. I think that again, speaks to the character of this team. I don't think we've ever – I personally never worried about that, a team that has like Taves, Kane, and Keith on it, that they're not just going to quit and play out the stretch. But I think these, this current three-game winning streak is just another reminder that there's, this team has plenty of character, and I don't think that's an issue at all. I think any of the issues that this team has is uh, a much, much different than a character thing. By the way, I, I don't know if you guys saw the tweet from Greg Wyshynski earlier tonight, have you seen the Carolina Hurricane schedule this month?
2: Yeah, I was just looking at oh that. Oh, my that God. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying.
1: They have every week, the next three weekends, they play home on Saturday and then away on Sunday. That is a nightmare. So, at least the Hawks don't have to deal with that. And Carolina is also chasing a playoff spot in a much more difficult conference. So, so what we're saying is it could be worse. It could be a oh, yeah. lot worse. Yeah.
2: What would your guys' thoughts be if they win Thursday against the Oilers and then crap the bed in Detroit the next night? <sighs> exactly, right? It would just, just it would that. be
1: so disheartening. <laughs> like it it would it, it almost be okay from like a, a big picture perspective, but if you win against Edmonton, that should just that should lead to that should like get the ball rolling even more that you roll into Detroit and just steamroll the Redmonds. Because they're not good. Their goal differential is minus 121. There were some garbage-ass Hawks teams in the mid-2000s. I don't think their goal differential ever cracked. It was like in the minus 70, minus 80 range was the worst it ever got. I looked this up because I could not believe how bad the Red Wings are, and it's great.
2: Blashell's still employed, which is very oh. strange considering all the coaching changes that have happened this season.
1: Oh my, They're so bad. I, we could do an entire podcast just talking about how bad the Red Wings are because this is so much fun to me. They have 35 points in 68 games.
0: They might not even beat the 48-point avalanche from a few years ago. Oh, that team was bad. Yeah. <laughs> that might be worse.
1: I just, I'm, trying, I'm trying to find proper context to describe how bad they are, and I can't do it. I'm not that good at talking or writing. I cannot adequately <laughs> how bad the Rams are. They and are the Kansas that State team Kansas on City Friday.
0: They are Kansas City scout bad.
2: It'd be great if they like keep going down and down and just get so bad.
0: Like
1: I know the Hawks sucked for a good decade around the turn of the century, but yeah, that that's that's. That's a level of putrid I didn't think was possible.
2: Yeah, so if they finish, like, dead last and then end up getting, like, the third pick, that'd be wonderful,
1: wouldn't it? I just want – actually, I, what I really would like is them to get the second pick and the Hawks to be number one. I think that'd be the most fun.
0: I don't want to see Quentin Byfield in Detroit, though.
1: I I, I don't – well, I mean, they're they're obviously going to do a whole lot of nothing with him, so –
0: Exactly. And I want someone to Byfield
1: going to – they got 35 points. Give them nine Quentin Byfields. <laughs> they might get up to 50 by the end of the season. Jesus. Ah, all right. Well, I could, I could sit here and talk for another t- – just looking at the Red Wings point total in the league standings just puts a big, huge smile on my face because anybody else that was in the stadium in that there's a Hawks-Wings game – right around Christmas in 2004, 2005, where the Hawks kicked ass for 59 minutes and two seconds. The Red Wings scored twice in regulation and then won in overtime, And I still am bitter about it. So I'm totally fine with what's happening right now. But a I wasn't minute. there,
2: but, but I agree with you.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate <laughs> it. I mean, it's, it, it's 's gone the rivalry's gone away a lot because they're in the Eastern Conference, but every now and then I just I look at that and it's just there's there's a very bitter petty spot in my heart that is got a huge smile every time I see it. So I, I think that's uh, that's a no, maybe we can we can certainly laugh at the Detroit Red Wings next week when the goal differential's down to negative one fifty, but uh, I think we can put a start or at least try to start putting a bow on this podcast before okay. we go off on nineteen more tangents. Uh, any final thoughts, gentlemen? Brandon, Shepard, any, anything else to, to add here?
0: I do have one final tangent, <clears throat> and it has to do with somebody the Blackhawks are facing soon. Oh, d- do tell. Uh, the St. Louis Blues. Go. Uh, having their Hockey is for Everyone night. Okay. On um, the way game. Um, I know that, my, that their reasoning is likely that it's affordable, but you could make a regular season game affordable at St. Louis. they had three scout nights three boy scout nights and one star wars night and zero pride nights and zero home game hockey is for everyone nights that's not inclusion from the stanley cup champions they are supposed to be the role model model franchise this season they just won the biggest prize in sports and they're doing this it's not sensical it's not inclusive it's not Anything that uh, the role model franchise that just won the Stanley cup is supposed to be, I'm disappointed by the blues and you should be too.
2: I mean, if it's a day that ends in Y, I'm probably disappointed by that franchise, but yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a bad look from them.
1: I I have nothing to add to that. It was, it was well said. You, 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 you hit all the points I would have hit. So there you go. I did see, I did see some, Chatter about that on Twitter earlier this week, and I'd forgotten about that. So thank you for bringing that up again. I've got and anytime we can drag the St. Louis Blues, I'm here for it, justified yep. or not. So now it's at the moment it's justified. Next week it might be unjustified, but we'll do it anyway.
2: No, it'll be justified.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair point, Brandon. What about you? Any final thoughts?
2: Uh, so to piggyback off of what Shepard said, uh, the Blackhawks are hosting their first ever Pride Night um, on Thursday when they hey. play the Oilers. So I wasn't able to talk to Connor Murphy about it. He's their Hockey is for Everyone ambassador. But, um, yeah, so there's probably going to be some festivities in the atrium and and all that jazz. So um, if you are able to go to the game, be sure to check out what is going on there.
1: Well, I think that will – I think that would be a good place to wrap up this version of Musings on Madison, episode 11. We've made it all the way to 11, guys. I, I didn't think we were going to get past three, so, so well done. Give, give yourselves a round of applause. Yay. Yay. Yeah. But thank you very much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. Uh, follow us on all the social medias, all the Twitters. Uh, we'll have plenty of content for the rest of the season at secondcityhockey.com. And uh, we'll, we'll keep updating, keep writing about everything going on with the Hawks. Hopefully we have some more things to write about that are not making us rip out our eyeballs. Um, And yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode. So thanks again for listening. And because we do it every time,
0: go Hawks.